think we finally found the core. We dug under the swimming pool. This is directly below the old graveyard. There's a presence. Butting me, it's working. This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Sack. Small explanation. That was not a glitch. That was kind of on purpose. Oh, good. The, oh, uh, it, was all freaking, it was all freaking out in the Discord. Oh, no. Uh, was the connection bad? Yeah. Oh, no. What's going on? It was, uh, so what it came down to was I've got this template I use to make intros every week. They're fresh every week. I make a new one every time. And uh, something about the latest update uh, to Mac OS made it so anytime you insert a new clip in there, it makes it all shortened and truncated. And I can't figure out why. So I thought, ah, whatever, we'll do it for once. It's it's Sacktober. Yeah. Let's do it. It's Halloween. It's Halloween, yes. Yeah. We replace Scott Fletcher with a demon yep. voice. Demon a Fletcher. Poltergeist of sorts. Yep, maybe that. He's Poltergeist 2 or also. <laughs> As well. Hey, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. That's right. It's Film Sack. Film Sack episode 439. We are mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian Hey, it's that tiny lady again, Dunaway. Let me in. Let me in. I can't see that lady. She's too short. Oh, hi. New phone, new toy phone. Who dis? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This phone don't have caller ID. Oh, what's that? Why? Why? Yes, I am a dad. Why do you ask? Oh, dad jokes. Now, how can I help you? A collect call from the other side. I'm skeptical, but I'll play along. Pass me through. Hello? Hello? Caroline, is that you? Honey, what are you doing on the other side? We've talked about this. You have to let mommy and daddy know where you're going at all times. Can I pick you up? <laughs> Sweetie, you know the Native American shaman swindled us out of our family car. Oh, you're in the liquor cabinet. That's in the house. Well, I just happen to be standing in front of the liquor cabinet and I don't see you. All right, you're in another dimension. No problem. Well, love muffin, I'm just going to sit here and drink until you magically appear. Uh, but we all know... That isn't going to happen because I'm a full-blown alcoholic talking into a toy phone. Bye, Carol Ann. <laughs> he, drank a, kilo worm. he drank I'm, a lot in this thing. A lot I of now drinking. Have to, uh, yeah, they do. And they drink. They drink. There's a lot of drinking and there's a, uh, they're, they're just drinking a lot. Like, yeah. There's some drinking. There's and then frequent there's drinking and there's frequent binge drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, then there's tequila sweats. Yeah. A lot oh, of yeah. Well, yeah. I think coach has, I a, coach has a problem. Is what I'm saying. By the way, Brian, thank you. Now I have to rewrite my. Uh, I almost, post. I almost didn't do it because yeah. I was like, oh, I bet this is gonna be. I bet New maybe it's gonna be thinking. toy phone. Who dis? Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I'm rewriting my my Twitter. Did post. you I've really got one. I've got one. Yes. That's hilarious. No, get out. Nice Dead job. Joke. Nice job. Uh, also with us, Randy. In this house, we all take a bath together. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Did I ever tell you boys about the time I made a fortune selling vacuums for a living? Nope. That's a true story. And that's a huge business. And you two are going to uh, survive. You're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. 
as long as you follow my three rules for winning the vacuum sales business. Number one, if your house explodes in a supernatural event, move. There ain't no vacuum buyer going to look at that and say, I won't buy from that feller. Number two, don't relocate your vacuum sales business to the desert southwest. Why would you ever think about doing that? Don't you know everyone there is mystics who attract demons? Number three, when clairvoyant women and evil priests come a-calling, don't forget to sell them a vacuum. Come on. I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but remember, A, B, C. Always be coughing up the mezcal worm. <laughs> is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah. mezcal yeah. worm or something like yeah, that. I knew it was a worm, yeah. but I never heard the, the full term there. I call it gross. Also, do yes. they have an eye on the side, or is that just this movie taking some creative? Uh, it does not so. have an eye on the side, right? That's no, a little license. No, definitely not. Okay, yeah. because I kind of like that bit. That was my only, that was my favorite thing. <laughs> All right, uh, with us finally, Brian. I think he barfed up two testicles. Ibit. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, houses vanishing in the thin air is not covered by our policy. Your house is lost, and once you find it, you can file a claim, okay? All right, thanks. <laughs> file a claim when you find your house. Oh, that's a good one, Morty. All right, let's see. Who else do we have on hold? Hello, Morty's Insurance. How can I help you? Yeah, Principal Davis, what's going on? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Blood all over the floor of the gymnasium. Uh Oh, oh, pig's blood. No, not covered by your policy. I don't know. Come up with a new mascot, the Fighting Red Blobs. No, sorry, can't help you. Bye. <laughs> hello, Marty's Insurance. What can I do for you? Oh, hello, Martin. Uh-huh, uh-huh, new house. Yeah, chandelier's rattling. Okay, voice saying, get out, get out. Okay, and what's the problem? Wait, you hacked up your basement red, <laughs> red room door with an axe? No, I'm afraid that's on you, not us. Okay, well, if the demons told you to do it, then have one of them call me and we can talk about it. But other than that, no, sorry, not covered by your policy. Goodbye. <laughs> hello, Moy's Insurance. How can I help you? Yes, hello, Christine. Nice to meet you. Sure, car insurance? Yes, I can help you with that. Let me grab form uh, 18 and we'll start getting it filled out for you. Now, how long have you owned the car? Oh, you are the car. Oh, okay. Let me grab form 18B. <laughs> I get it. By the way. Bit practicing it. the law of threes today. Nice job. Yes, yep. that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> law, law of threes, yep. and just doing and great impressions too. Yeah. Creating characters. somewhere between Gilbert Gottfried and Mo. Yeah, that, but I think it's great. That one. <laughs> hey, listen, Randy had the don't don't discount Randy had the law of threes in there uh, as well. Yeah, he I, did. I actually a couple of weeks ago I decided to make it only two rules, and it felt wrong. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, three no. three things matter, dude. You got to hit Bowser in the head three times, or else what are we even doing? <laughs> That's totally right. true. Yep. Law of threes. Humor, every humor time. needs expectation. This is true. Two normal and one weird switch. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this. We're talking about Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. I never knew I had a, a colon name. I had no idea. That's I, I didn't either. It was odd. I, I just remember calling it Poltergeist 2. <laughs> yeah. Poltergeist 2 colon. Yep. The Other Side. Yep. They're yep. back. Yeah, they're back. I never saw this, and I never saw 3, which exists. Yeah. Ooh, three and, is actually better. And there's also, isn't there some other modern thing? 
Some people I've heard three is better. People keep yeah, telling three, me three is better. Three's like right. three's like die hard with a poltergeist. Just just <laughs> the premise of three that um Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams send Carol Ann to go live with a couple other people because they didn't <laughs> want to be in the ninth the third movie. And just and despite that, it still ended up being okay. Yeah, I've I've heard that it's a it's a it's a little bit like Freddie goes to space or whatever. Or not Freddie, Jason right. goes to space. Yeah. It's sure. just just ridiculous enough that you kind of enjoy it. But what's weird is I only ever saw the first one. The first one in our house was like regular viewing. It was on some old video cassette that just got worn out over the years. And we watched it constantly. And I couldn't tell you how many times I saw that guy pulling maggots out of his face or whatever the heck happened Mm. there. Uh, Or no, he pulled his face apart because the beef had maggots. Isn't that the deal? Yeah. Yeah. The beef has maggots. The the beef had maggots. And he ran in the bathroom, yacked, and then looked in the mirror, and then saw his face started and then coming started off. Started pulling his face off. Yeah, yeah, that's my memory. That was the the first one. Uh, was the was the first movie I remember seeing in the theaters that scared me to the point where I got up to pee, kind of out of like, nope. I've got to go pee, but I've also got to get out of this theater. <laughs> that's great. I at the at the Westminster Five is- with my uncle George, wow. and I remember it vividly. Peeing and my hands kind of shaking while I'm while I'm I have my so, pecker trying to pee. No, my pecker. So many. I have so many notes, and I were jumping all over the place. And I just gotta like, I gotta like pick a, a spot and stop and say, okay, okay, yes. Uh, first movie. Okay, scary. Was this scary? No. Was this movie scary? No. no. This one. No, this movie was no. not scary. This was this was not scary for me to watch on Saturday morning in the full daylight. No. Well, no, I've, I mean, seen it, I've seen it. I've seen it at midnight before. Yeah, it's a there's a there's a there are moments in this thing, but I I think I'd have to be really young to be scared by it. This didn't scare me at all. It was just like, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, the the dude uh, Kane just is scary in and of itself. That that you know, and and knowing his his uh, his history and his mm-hmm. uh, medical problems, I feel bad saying this, but boy, did that was that perfect casting. Oh, it really how was. That guy wasn't every villain in every horror movie no he really was and the thing is so what brian's alluding to is he was suffering from uh late stage stomach cancer while filming this and died before yeah. the production was over uh yeah. that's that, that delivered an amazing performance well that's my point it, totally. it both yeah. both he did the performance which i think is commendable but also he had the look of exactly what you would want for a role like this except it was mostly because he, how sick he was uh mm-hmm. so it's kind of a bummer that that's the case but Nonetheless, yeah. man, that dude just ate the screen when he walked in. You were just yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, that guy is a freak!" Woo. We're talking about an an, an older. I don't know if I want to say older gentleman. I don't know. But we're talking he about Julian. Older. He was only sixty. Julian was, Beck. Yeah, he was sixty when he died. So and, not that old, but and Julian Beck was known for pushing the limits of what an actor is supposed to prepare, mm. and or at least that's what he claimed. Uh, you, you know, like so, he was regularly being thrown in jail, IRL, mm. and regularly he was being charged with things like indecent exposure, and he was found. Oh, that was know, just nine and a half weeks. He was found like, <laughs> like, like you know, he was found in a drug house, passed out on whatever drugs, and taken to jail, and so on. Wow. But he was also an actor who got roles in movies in Hollywood, mm. and it's just incredible, like. This guy, you know, this guy had claims. I, I'm not sure if this is more than a claim, right? Mm. But I'm. I think he claimed that he was just a, a fully method actor, like fully experiencing what life had to give, and also taking that and making it, you know, better. I it, always, I always wonder what the limits of those things are. Like, if somebody claims to be a method actor and they're going to be playing a, a murderer, 
Right. Where they try to justify a killing a dude in a bar to say, well, I really need to get into the mind of a killer. Like, I wonder how I wonder, like, obviously they have their limits, those guys, but some of them get so into it. You always hear about um, who played the last the Joker before this moment got now. Uh, Jared Leto. No, Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. You always hear about oh, Jared Leto yeah. uh, just driving everyone ape shit on set on set because he can't not, you know, be completely buried in the character that he's, that he's trying to play. And uh, that must be that must be just exhausting to be his friend. Oh right? my gosh! Can you can you imagine <laughs> Daniel, like oh I got to be Joker for the next ten years? Blue. I wonder about Daniel Day Lewis and you know if he's if he's enjoyable to be on set with because it seems right. like oh. oh he's just gonna be doing this. he's doing this the whole time. Oh okay, just yeah. call me when it's I'm gonna be in my trailer. Call me when it's my turn. People ask why that guy retired. I think it's because that wears you out, man. I think you got no yeah, time for absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to. It's I can't even imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy just anyway. really, really, really embodied sort of like creepy preacher, so, uh, otherworldly, can, whatever. So why was we hitting the why was we hitting the vampire trope with invite me in? I I thought those was his vampires. Do you have to invite demons in too? Because he was all well, at that front door going, Hey, can I come in? Let so me in. I just want to come in for some minutes. Let me talk to you for yeah. Come on. It was important to to realize that the poltergeist movies were feeling their way through everything in the in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Like they they couldn't just keep it to one concept and instead we're all over the place. Like like I like right out of the gate this movie starts with aren't native americans mystically uh, you know like crazy mm-hmm. and and you're like whoa <laughs> hey trope uh mm-hmm. yeah I mean the, you got to look back in time is what I'm saying. This this is 35, 40 years ago, and the the writers here are just trying to pull every stop out of the organ they can. Yeah, you know, like it, it's 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 such a mess. Also, to make Look it at more you using pulling out the stops that, correctly. Yeah, well I done. Like that. Yeah. Well done. Interesting. And that's isn't that the things under the tires are for your plane? Is that the deal? The little those are chocks. <laughs> oh, those are chocks. Right. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Pulling out all the chocks. Yeah, pulling out your <laughs> chocks. Gonna, I love it. Down the runway. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> so what? And I was also kind of surprised. It's also mentioned this was an older movie, and I think this is the second movie you've done in a row from '86, right? Wasn't last week's movie an '86 yeah, movie, or it was, was it 80? something like that? Yeah. And they had they had a very uh, derogatory use of yeah. the f the f word for for gay people, and mm-hmm. also the r word for people who are uh, mentally challenged. Challenged, anyway. Right. So, but this week, speaking of using the word correctly. The son actually says, I'm going to grow up to be retarded mm-hmm. in reference to being uh, held back from not being able to watch TV. Yeah, that's actually the proper use of retarded. He wasn't like calling somebody like last week's movie. Yeah, a little then, bit. It was right. more like coach. It, yeah. But then coach the dad says, but then dad, dad. <laughs> yeah. Coach said yeah. Craig D. Nelson popped in with retardo or I don't even remember what the con- right, I have it recorded. Right, right, right. I, I did oh. a clip, so we'll listen to it. Later, and again, but. and again, like I've, we've said it many times, but I think it bears repeating a lot of times on film sack. We are looking back in time. We have, we have to, stop and say okay what was it like to watch this movie in 1986 mm-hmm. not saying that makes it better i'm just saying you have to allow for the fact that times have changed yeah right. i think if you don't um then you're just gonna well i mean you have to and it, and it's not just for things that are offensive now it's for anything it's for tonal things it's for special effects things it's for anything like you kind of have to just acknowledge the time a thing was made if you're going to watch nosferatu the 1920s silent film about the vampire dude you need to go into that going, well, there's no talking. 
Yeah. And you got <laughs> to prepare yourself. There's going to be it. some insensitivity to vampires. Right. <laughs> right. I just think it kind of goes no, across the board. You're always going to have to, you know, think about, think about things in the time they were made, whether you're talking about stuff that's no longer cool to say, or just, just right. things like haircuts and shitty clothes and whatever. Oh, speaking of crappy clothes, who made mom's wardrobe for this movie? Because it was spot on the eighties. man. I mean, it was horrible. The things yeah. they made her wear, but yeah. it was, it was what every mom was wearing. It's the eighties made it. Uh, by wow. the way, they never gave grandma a, a funeral. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Well, the, you, no, you, no, knew no, that I, you knew they did because Nelson's hair got shorter. <laughs> <laughs> really? They, right. Exactly. They, yeah, they, they buried it. Yeah. yeah, they buried it with her. <laughs> I was gonna say there were two chicks on the bucket in this movie. Grandma, right after she right. died, and uh, uh, Craig, Craig T. Nelson's mullet. mullet. Yeah, right. <laughs> that might have been the well, biggest. Grandma mullet. shows up at the end, so kind of isn't that Grandma? I think it is. Oh, I she was never close enough. The angel was never oh, close enough. Oh, I didn't really think see. of that, but oh. I think you're probably right. That probably was supposed I to be her. Yeah, I didn't make that connection either. Good, good, uh, good call. Yeah, good pull on that. Is that grandma? I think that's grandma. Well, the so the ending was super rushed. Like, oh, the ending was the suck. It was like it was like an episode of of Next Generation with it's like okay, we're gonna go up until like ten minutes till okay, we're closing this thing down. Mm -hmm. But that is that in and of itself is a trope, right? It's like a genre trope with Mm -hmm. horror movies. Yeah, we tend to suddenly reach a resolution and then we go outside and see the sunshine and we're good mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's that's a really common ending i i don't know how to do it any different like well that part because- yes I, I agree with you there but uh, the part that i'm saying is rushed is and it may be because he passed away but we really get no good resolution with with True. uh kane right uh, except for the except for what i'm going to call the floating totem turd. Sure, because yeah. Yeah, right. don't don't give me uh, don't give me Native American motifs and then try to convince me that head stacked together on a tequila worm is a worm <laughs> because I'm not going to buy it. I'm not can buying we, it. Yeah. And can we go all the way back to the very beginning? Because sure, sure. there's a there there's a a sequence at the very beginning where we establish the smoke monster, and basically uh, Taylor is out in the desert with this old shaman on top on the very top of a flat rock mm-hmm. mountain mm-hmm. and it's the most it's the weirdest thing because honestly it's it's a painting like when you see ultimately what they're yeah. what they're doing Matt painting yeah and a lot and that painting in this and mm-hmm. it's not good but i mean no, I, I mean my first yeah. thought is how did they get up there and how yeah. are they gonna get down <laughs> yeah is that supposed to be entertaining are you supposed to go the whoa they yeah. magic themselves up there. Maybe they're druids. Maybe they're druids and got flight no, for them. I don't know. I was actually, I actually was entertained. It felt very much like a Spielberg beginning to me. It mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. you had to kind of like go, oh, just look at the interesting elements in this shot. Don't worry about how they got here. I mean, we set up the shot by showing you a truck speeding down a dirt road. By the way, I can only assume that's Taylor's truck. I don't know what happened to it, but he apparently needed a new one by the end of the movie. At least <laughs> he needed the worst automobile ever, is what he needed. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I, I kind of appreciated. I was kind of surprised. It kind of, it kind of felt nice. It had an like old, it. it had an old '80s movie vibe to it because a lot of mm-hmm. '80s movies thought Indians were magic. And here's the funny thing: this is this is why that's a bad thing, or why people are going to hear this and oh, go, "Okay, right, Scott's right, right. going to blow out some kind of." social justice warrior thing here no (laughs) here's what i'm gonna say think about if you came from a people in a culture 
that were boiled down to nothing more than they're magical and can conjure ghosts. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. It's just shitty yeah, way right. to treat a people, man. You say we've treated the Native Americans poorly in America? Scott. <laughs> I know. I don't want to yeah. listen. I don't want to freak Terrible. anybody out, but uh, there have been some so, some misdeeds against the Native Americans. We've got uh, uh, Tristan's girlfriend uh, living with us also. Mm-hmm. With Tristan, she's Native American. She's Navajo. Oh. I, there were so many times during this movie, I'm like, oh, please don't let her come into the room and see us watching this. Please don't let her come to the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember i'd rather be watching porn than watching right, something right. that uh you know that's insensitive to native americans yeah remember a few right. weeks ago with creep show 2 we had the thing where it's like yeah. uh, yes native, oh the wooden native, indian the wooden to, native american how, yeah. god is that the to, what we gotta say wooden indian right no is it you can, say, say, it. I, can I, say it it's fine I, it, yeah i guess they were sold as wooden indians right but we call them native yeah. americans now so yeah. yeah well we don't even yeah, call I, them wooden native americans now i don't think anyone's making no. wooden indians anymore i think that's just the thing that's i always on. called right. them i always called them those uh cigar cigar store native yeah. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> no cigar statues because they're always outside of the cigar places <laughs> What what I was gonna what I was gonna say before you guys started drowning yeah. is uh, <laughs> we we talked about uh, in Creep Show too how how lazy it was to just take people who weren't quite white and strap one feather to their forehead with a a headband mm-hmm. like that's just yeah. lazy yeah mm-hmm. and and I I can't help but think well maybe thirty five forty years ago it was considered like uh it was considered like a, a, a uh, uh, I'm going to help like, you from drowning. Come oh, on in. Oh. Come on in the yeah, pool, like, Randy. Oh, let's maybe, all drown together. Maybe the, people, maybe the people making the movie felt like they were doing something nice for the Native American. Oh, I think yeah. they were. Yeah. I think they were. And they also, in this case, they casted actual Native American actors. And they... Yeah. And, and, you know, the uh, dude that played Taylor had been around for a long time doing all kinds of stuff. Was famous for all sorts of movies. Uh, never as a starring role. But, you know, different stuff. He died right after this, by the way. Like, uh, so ma- so much death around this movie. Him, oh by the way, chicken oh, you- the bucket from Poltergeist one. Yeah, yes. sisters now. Sister, sister got killed. Yeah. yeah, sister got killed during the off season, and uh, so <laughs> Wait, yeah, well, she had a sister. And it's really, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, sister, yeah. the first older one, the older sister, sister that. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. you remember the whole like rolling around the room? Uh, I thought that was the, the mom room. that rolled around the that, ceiling. That no? was the mom, wasn't it? She oh, was, was always good. She okay. was she was in and out because she was going to college oh, in the first right. One. Right, but in the second one, it's like she don't even exist. Yeah. She pulled up in her car near the end of the film in the first movie, right? And like seeing all the lights and stuff flashing, just started screaming in the street. If I remember correctly, oh, you're like, right. I Correct. remember that now. Yep, it's yeah. been a long time, but, but yeah, I do remember that. But not only is she absent from this movie, she told they've totally pulled a Chuck Cunningham. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chuck. And then they, but then they even uh, decided to omit the dialogue explaining where she was—that she was right. off at college. It was, it was really the best choice because I had totally forgotten about her it, until I had read the trivia. I forgot like, about so it until everybody else in the family. I forgot about her entirely until you just said something. Like I hadn't, I forgot she was even a thing at all in this yeah. thing. But I do remember the mom rolling around the ceiling. Because yeah. uh, at the time she's in her little tiny underwears and uh, as a little JC Penny catalog as underwear a, a, right there, my friend. Yeah, as a young teen, I remember going, oh, 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 yeah. oh. Yeah. up on the ceiling she, there. Yeah. She had a rough business, got strangled by her boyfriend outside or ex boyfriend outside yeah, the of the. Uh, oh, what? Um, really? It's awful. Yeah, 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 so she was practicing lines with, uh, she was about to have some new role that she was going to be doing some TV show or movie. And uh, she was at this other guy's house practicing lines. And then her ex-boyfriend tracks her down, stalks her, 
to this this guy's house she goes out on the front step and he strangles her and and uh crazy crazy stuff yeah I mean, she's still with and, us. She's still around, right? And, she no, she's dead. No, she's dead. No, she's, she's dead. I thought she was she's dead, Scott. No, she's still here. She's doing new Dominic, stuff. Dominic. No, no, the the the, the daughter. I think oh, I daughter. thought you meant the mom. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Right. Joe Beth Williams is still with us. No, the daughter yeah, is. Yeah. That's yeah. awful. The daughter from the first one. That's yeah. a horrible, horrible story. Wow. Yeah. Right? Why did you tell me that? <laughs> and the little girl in this one. Uh, Carol Ann. Yeah, she's Heather Heather O'Rourke. Heather O'Rourke. She she died at twelve. Yeah, Yeah. like this movie is just full of. I don't know how Craig T. Nelson has survived. Well, here's the here's the here's the curse. Here's the curse. They call it the Poltergeist curse. Surrounds the all three films. Uh, Dominic Doom was murdered by her boyfriend. You're right about that. So there's that. Uh, And that was right after finishing the first film. Actor Julian uh, Beck Beck rather died of stomach cancer after shooting the film. Actor Will Sampson died after uh, complications due to open heart surgery uh, after filming. Actress Heather O'Rourke died of a mystery case of intestinal stenosis uh, shortly before completing the third film. Also, many cast members' careers have suffered after appearing in the films. Pretty much Craig T. Nelson's the only one that made it out, man. How did he, how did he do it? Yeah. Because right. he is... He's a person best. of interest now. Yeah. Right? He is the, <laughs> he's, a, he's the chief suspect. He's the, he's the, it's because he barfed it up. And by the way, oh, that thing God, he barfed so up was a was a amputee in makeup. So, well, uh, yes. Okay. Let's oh, let's clarify. Oh, oh. What, what's it come right after the bed? After I got after it was barfed up and rolling around under right, the bed yeah. for a little during while. During the during the regurgitation, that was just a prop. <laughs> yeah. No. Of course, I didn't want. I'm not want to okay. apply that into this higher no, amputee game. Amputee oh, inside Craig T. Nelson for that shot. But man, that stuff's effective when. Yeah. You do like uh, I've seen the zombie. I can't remember what it was. Something recently with zombies in it, and one of the zombies was scooching across a floor after a, one of yeah. the victims and had no left like, arm and no legs, right. but had a right arm. And it was somebody who's actually you know afflicted with that kind of amputation. But it's so I mean because you do, there's no fakery going on. There's no green screen. There's no like hidden yeah trap this doors. Isn't this isn't Lieutenant Dan's leg. Right. This is real, real going on. Right. That Lieutenant Dan leg for its time was cool. But if you watch it now, it's just weighted funny because the way yeah, he moves yeah. it, you can tell there's something. You know, the rest of the leg is mm-hmm. there physically, and the and yeah. the physics are wrong. Uh, but in this case. That just he's was no, he's really no method a, actor. This dude in this thing was super effective. I saw that guy on the ground and went, "Okay, that's some that's badass." In a in a creepy, scary. I mean, that, that's the thing. Randy asked if this movie scared anybody. It didn't scare me, but there were moments where I was like, "Oh, yeah, nineteen eighties. Give me your practical effects, yo." Yeah, yeah, they did some pretty good green screen stuff in this film, except for the very end. I don't know mm-hmm. what happened. But it was it it got bad. They gave up. I mean, they just basically they gave up on several things. They gave up on really working hard on the special effects and and the look. And then they just gave up on story. I mean, it's like, all right, uh uh, let's say they just win because of the power of love. Let's just, you know, Huey Lewis this business up. Yep. Yep. And they didn't even win because of the power of love. Grandma was on the other side waiting and said, I got you. I got you. It's okay. It's all right. It was a very just kind of wrap it up kind of thing. It felt like at the end. Yeah. Like, hurry up, you guys. You've been here too long. Hurry up and finish. They should have just ended it with the floating chainsaw because that was way better. Oh, that floating, floating chainsaw, chainsaw dude. attacking yeah. the yeah. car. That was good looking. That whole scene. I'm going yeah. to call that the best thing in the movie. Yeah. That, yeah. that sequence. Just mm-hmm. because I realize it was just a chainsaw with the 
the trigger glued down on the end of a stick. Mm-hmm. But man, I just Good. like I just I f- I fell asleep last night in bed thinking about a chainsaw <laughs> coming at me while I'm in my car. You but know? they mm-hmm. filmed they filmed it differently too because they actually filmed that with 3D in mind because there was there was an idea to do this in 3D and they shot several scenes and this was one of the scenes they shot. So uh, yeah, I was reading that too. Now here's yeah. the, here's the thing: it was yeah. just I, I I agree with you. It was actually pretty effective, but I still felt like I was watching Maximum Overdrive during that s- segment. Yes, <laughs> Maximum yes. Overdrive had no that, no nothing like nothing. that's why I liked it so much. Right. You just figured out I. I couldn't figure out what did I like about that. Yeah. I liked that it reminded me of a better movie. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, 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 maximum overdrive. Well, it's like I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah. Which, which pile of shit smells better? No, they're right. They're very they're very parallel. But hey, I mean, come on. What? Hey, come on. What? what but gonna... hey, they're both good. I like both those movies. Uh, I, it's a, but it's I don't a good understand. moment. Why? Why did that? Why were they trying to go 3D on Poltergeist 2? That just confused me. Yeah. Because everybody was three. Then. You always wait till three. Everybody you always wait till the it. third movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just yeah. whatever's popular. Like, oh, but 3D movies are popular for this brief moment in time. Let's do uh, Poltergeist 2 in 3D. And it was yeah, that it was so confusing. Obvious. Poltergeist 2 in 3D. Why am I watching again? Yeah, it's <laughs> 3D. I don't remember. And three wasn't 3D, right? It was just normal. no, no. Okay, they, they, they just. Also, Barely 2D. Speaking of, uh, yeah. so special effects were a real mixed bag for me. If they had to do anything with overlay or green screen or any of that, mm-hmm. I felt like things got really weak. When they were doing practical effects with like the ancient old body under the house or the freaking um, the braces thing, mm, which yeah. is pretty. Oh yeah, the okay. whole braces sequence was pretty good. It was with pretty all the good. Yeah, wires holding them on the ceiling, and but the minute okay. they showed that electricity thing for when they were trying to, yes. the braces were reaching for the outlet, and then it was like Disney animation on top of it. What are you doing? Yes, yeah, there was a that was a time period eighty in the mid eighties was like all right, special effects have this goofy halo effect around them because they can't match up the. They didn't know how to do anti-aliasing or something well, around really the. Uh, com- you didn't have a computer assist, right? So I mean, you were yeah. doing all this stuff by hand. Randy was saying something, I think. Which is- oh. I just wanted to. I I want to stop and talk about crazy crap like the braces uh, oh, growing yeah. out or because um not that scary to me now, but looking at it, I'm like that was inspired. Like someone yeah, yeah. who remembers what it was like to have mm-hmm. braces as a teenager mm-hmm. thought up that. And yeah. if I had been a teenager watching this film that would have affected me mm. you know like i'm 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 an old curmudgeon watching this movie 30 years later i'm like eh, mm-hmm. that's you know, okay yeah. you but, know who wow. is you know who is a great comedic actor mm. craig t nelson you know who's not very good with wrestling with wires craig. not craig t nelson because he, <laughs> looked, he looks ridiculous i mean he didn't like it you could really tell he was like doing the old you know, the fake snake around the neck going, ah, it's getting me. Ah, and it was right, really funny. Right. You're right about his comedic talent. It's something you don't think a lot about these days with him because a lot of his roles are much more serious. Um, I guess you can count. The Incredibles isn't that serious, but that's a VO thing. But like, you know, uh, what was the family one? Uh, Parenthood. It's a pretty serious mm-hmm. role for him. There's not a lot of comedy mm-hmm. there. Uh, but it, Coach was a funny show for what it was. And I think that he's funny in this. Like genuinely. Yeah snappy yeah. dialogue that made me laugh especially when he was in full like i'm not buying this mode and the yeah. the the the, the native, uh, yeah, taylor guys you know, messing with his car and it's pissing him off and the way he would respond to that stuff was funny he called the little short lady um 
Magic, what do you magic, call her? Magic Munchkin. Yeah, the Magic, magic Munchkin. Munchkin. Yeah. Like, there, there were moments like that Let's where I just like call her the. It, that's uh, Zelda Rubenstein, which we have seen several times here on Film sure. Talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, on Teen Witch, I think was uh, yeah, the last yeah. time. Yeah, she was Man, the one though. She, she got lady. like a. She got like a nominated for a Razzie for a worst uh, uh, supporting, supporting actress. For but this. that's stupid yeah. because I think I think she was fantastic. And anything, she, anytime, anytime she shows up. It's always instantly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her yeah. job in this movie is to have a funny voice. Like she right. was hired for her voice. You don't go her giving height. her a Razzie for doing what she like doing well. Right. Or her. The reason she's in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's actually it's uh, giving her a Razzie for being short and having a funny voice is like giving a Razzie to the amputee who played the swirling vomit, right. you know, walking across the oh, floor. Oh come on, couldn't like, you do some better walking? <laughs> You're giving them a Razzie for the one reason that they were hired. Yeah, that's true. She's just a singular human being. Like, I don't know. Name another actor where you're like, I don't know. I'm sure there's somebody and I just can't think of them. But she is very unique. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. You could replace pretty much any of these actors and any of these roles. And without her, it would not be Poltergeist, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Everything about this movie if you pull her out, I can't imagine it would just be boring. Well, okay, I'm gonna movie. I'm gonna amend that and say if you take her out of the first one, yes, I think right. she is oh, yeah, crucial to the first one. I think that she's kind of useless in this one. There's not a lot mm, going on with yeah. her, um, yeah. And so she's it's not her fault. Less of an Obi Wan, less of an Obi Wan in this one. More of a uh, just kind of a side, a couple explanations, but really just just there for window dressing. Yeah. Well, well we we the only reason why we know. They, they kind of put her in there to make sure that we understood that the Samson character was trustworthy, right? Because the family needed convincing, but as an audience, we also needed to know that he wasn't up to any shenanigans because we had we had our bad guy, uh, Kane, telling us that he was bad. So it took all that off the board. I kind of like that. I like that she vouched for stuff. Yeah. I mean, that stuff was... I'm just trying to wonder. I'm trying to think about why was the... Why was the Taylor guy needed? I mean, there was the one little seance in the hut with naked Craig it T. Was, Nelson where he gave him a spirit well, up his nose. His, but Right. It was the spiritual journey of Craig T. Nelson's character uh, that was that needed that man-child to become a, a warrior, which he never really did. And I guess he just needed somebody to guide him through what was going on. I guess so. Because so, in, in the end, wasn't it basically the ultimate good was represented by Taylor and mm-hmm. the ultimate bad was represented by Cain. So you kind of right. had your Jesus Satan thing going. Right. And but in the end, it didn't have anything to do with them. I mean, they didn't really I, do anything in the end. It I just want to I just want to admit something. I it took me a long time in this movie to believe Taylor was a good guy. I, yeah, I, I you thought that the whole time he was like kind of good. I've yeah. done, well, I mean, I'm getting saw, these their him, trust and mm-hmm. right. We yeah. saw him snort yeah. smoke at the very beginning of the right. movie, right? right? Right. And and so I actually I actually thought, oh, he's he's possessed. He's like bringing some kind of spirit into their household, and that they're going to regret having him there. Yeah. And it took me a while hmm. to give in and go, okay, movie, I'll I'll follow the story you're telling. Come on. I agree. I think they <laughs> I think yeah, that they didn't that. go that way or didn't go the you know full i would it would have felt cheap but also they were setting it up so it felt like well this is gonna happen <laughs> like yeah, when is right, he gonna right. turn i'm just waiting for this moment for him to turn and he never freaking turned i he other, did turn what are you drop. talking about he took the family car the only safe place <laughs> that the family could find 
the only thing they had left. He yeah. took their car. Well, look, <laughs> that thing was a big old piece of shit. And yeah, but it was his piece of poop. Griswold yeah. family truckster is what that thing was. <laughs> it w- it represented family Americana during the eighties. Did it? Right? Because I mean, it, w- it was it was the you know we never had that. Sure. We never had right. one of those. We should have, but we didn't. Like, we had oh, a van. Really? oh my was, dad totally had that station wagon. Oh, yeah. Whether or not did. you had one or not, we all knew that's what was mm. represented in the in the eighties. I guess so. For us, yeah. it was vans. So when I see a van, that's what I think of. I think, oh, oh. there's the family vehicle. Whatever you, wow, you look at that. Things have come full circle for you regarding vans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Not only do I hide in a white one inconspicuously, but also I have a little grandbaby. A little grandbaby ice named cream. Man. Yeah. Ice cream. <laughs> Come get your ice cream. Ice cream. Anyway, uh, here's some more tri- trivia for you. According to Craig T. Nelson, he did not enjoy filming the vomit monster scene, not because it was what? gross, but because they had to reshoot it so many times. I guess it took like 50 shoots. Well, who asked that dumb question anyway? Oh, did right. you enjoy the vomit scene? <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like an entertainment oh, yes. tonight question. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is the other funny thing. This movie, uh, this is just a reminder of this, but this series never, uh, I don't know about the third one because I, I have no idea, but like the first movie, there are no murders and no violent fatalities. Nobody right. dies. Hmm. It's that's just weird. That's what takes away the scariness as you get older of this movie. Uh, once you kind of confront death as you get older, this movie doesn't get as scary because it's like, oh, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to be dead? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that was inevitable anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, ugh. I think now, there's something to that. Carol, right. Carol Ann had the bad part because uh, this this guy was going to, Kane was going to keep her forever in sucker essence right over top of her hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, smell like, you smell so good. But uh, I, besides that, I mean, what was really to be afraid of? Nothing. I mean, just stop. no one dies. And when no yeah, one dies, right. it feels like oh, no. Spielberg made it. Well, I was going to say, didn't he? He was involved in the first one, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He produced yeah. the first one and, by many accounts, was there every day and basically directed it. There's a lot of controversy about that, mm-hmm. actually. So, I mean, I guess, you know, it's the Spielberg essence that kind of carries through to this one of like, yeah. all right, well, I want to direct this. Uh, here we go. We're going to have a lot of ghosts, but nobody's going to die. Okay. All yep. right, go. Yep. <laughs> and isn't there a newer series or a newer something? Uh, there was a movie two years or three years ago, I think, a uh, poltergeist. Yeah, like a reboot kind of with, thing. With uh, right? Sam Rockwell. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. And I, I never saw it either. And that's one of the ones that was either. always on my list. Okay, so there's two others. One in 96 called Poltergeist The Legacy. Oh, I, know, I didn't even know about that. And then Poltergeist in 2015. You're right. It was Sam Rockwell. I saw that one. Uh, Rosemary DeWitt. That only got a five oh, at best. Was that just a straight up retelling? Let's see. Almost yes. all of these, except for the first one, get a five, right? Which, which retelling? It's basically people move into a house, house haunted, people freak out. Kind of different thing. people leave. Different. Oh, nope. Now the people actually, are haunted. They do different names, actually, but yeah. Like my overall problem with this movie is that it didn't have a single, uh, a recognizable thread for the haunting. Mm. Like, like yeah. Mm. Like mm-hmm. when you say, "Oh, uh, poltergeist," I'm like. I, I think for some reason in my mind that there is a single entity and I think of Slimer for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And yeah. and that entity is causing mayhem and, you know, pain. Mm-hmm. And then this movie, it just feels like it's so many different things. It can be anything. Yeah. yeah. That I don't right. like. I, I don't know. It, it, it no, and that's in my head. Yeah, that that's uh, the big problem I had with uh, the gate, too. It's just that that. Um, all right. These things can be anything. You know, they can take any shape or, or attack in any form, but 
to defeat them, everybody seems to know exactly, oh, well, we need to pull this Bible, read out, you know, the answer and, and get it. Mm-hmm. Same with this one. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, the Native American guy knows that we need to uh, hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and just talk about how much we love each other, and that's going to kill the bad, the bad guys. Uh, well, it's just so crazy at the end, too, when he, like, you got to jump into the fire. Okay. And they jump into the fire and then he hands the little, he hands the, the spear to him. And I'm like, at first I thought he was handing the spear because he was going to pull him back through. But now mm-hmm. he's like, he just chucks it in there and goes, yeah. good luck suckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Taylor. <laughs> like wing a little bit to your right or else right. this spear's probably going to clip you as well on the way. Yeah. Right. It's an odd thing. All of that stuff at the end. Just, I just, I don't know. If it did feel like it was a different quick. Garrett Harris, by the way, is in the poltergeist, the new poltergeist. I kind of want to watch yeah. it now because I like I like Sam Rockwell a lot. I like Jared Harris a lot. Jared Harris is awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. I it blew my mind when just the other day, months after Chernobyl, mm. I found out that Jared Harris, I learned who his dad oh, is. Oh yeah. Richard I was Harris. Just like, yeah. My mind split into pieces. Yeah, oh, well, Dumbled- Richard Harris? Dumb- yeah, no Dumb- way. Dumbledore yeah, number that. one. Now, now that you've seen it, now that you know that, next time you see his face, you'll see it. You'll go, oh, yeah. there he is. That's funny because I swear to God, I thought that Jared Harris, he plays such a good, uh, like, European, Eastern European looking guy that I always thought he was Eastern European. No, British as hell, that dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, and I also, he's just, oh, he's so good. Freaking for me, I underestimated how old Richard Harris was. I like I if you'd said to me again before I looked this up the other day if you'd said how old was Richard Harris or how old are you now if he was alive or whatever I would have said ah you know he was uh 70 he was <laughs> no, Dumble, no no Dumble old. he died at 82 yeah he was old. and that was nine Seven, or, 72 uh, eight, he died he died at 72 and that was like 17 years ago uh-huh. you know like yeah, it was a while ago. Of course, he of course he was old enough to be Jared Harris's dad. It just like in my head, it didn't <laughs> it's all work. That, it's all that Dumbledore makeup. I mean, you know, he looks like he's right. ancient. It was yeah. prior, right prior to uh, the third Harry Potter movie. Um, but the thing I always remember him the most from is he was uh, the he was Caesar uh, in Gladiator before uh, the Joker mm. killed him. <laughs> before uh, what's, <laughs> what's his name killed him and then took the throne um, and buried his face in a pillow and suffocated him. He's great in Gladiator. He's not in there very long, but man, he's good. By the way, speaking of speaking of uh, back to Poltergeist and remakes, uh, this year the Russo brothers, uh, the MCU darlings, Russo brothers announced that they're helming a new remake of the franchise. Oh, well, now you have now so, you've got me interested. I'm in. You know what would have made this this movie better at the end? Mm. I think if they had have like did like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing, where when they went through into the <laughs> other side. Their house was there because it got zapped to their side, right? Oh, so they found their like, house. Yeah, yeah, it's, just house. Flo- yeah. <laughs> it's just floating around, and then they land in it, and then you could have like the background out the windows. You can see they're like in space, but then you wouldn't feel so weird and go, "Why are these people just sticking out of the edge of the screen? This looks stupid." Mm. Right, I agree. I yeah, that like would that would have been a good way to do it. Sure, yeah. my house. And you could have Craig T. Nelson go, "My house." Yeah, but again, yeah. again, <laughs> we're just gonna live here. <laughs> again, like this. I, I'm left with these sad questions. Like, was this? Were these movies about the house? Were they about the daughter? I just like who? Right. Who is the? What's the vector of the haunting? Is well, my, here, you know, here's I just the thing: like, the uh, first movie was about right. the family and about a family surviving a thing they can't understand. And oh, yeah. I think that thread gets lost in two, probably three, and probably this new one. Like they, yeah, they, they need uh, to get back to what that. What that was like, I for the first time ever, Bibbit uh, knows about this, but I, I finally watched A Quiet Place and I was blown away by it. I absolutely loved it. And it took me forever to see it, but it's my favorite 
movie I saw in 2019 that came out in 2018. <laughs> um, I really, really liked it. And I came away from that with that same notion of why it works. It's not so much that it's the creature, although the creature design's awesome and all the concepts are awesome. All that s- stuff is great. Good subgenre, great story, great screenplay. But what really holds that thing together isn't, isn't all those gimmicks or even the chief gimmick that you have to be silent all the time. What ties that together is this family survival tale. And mm-hmm. them always having to band together constantly to trust, to mistrust, then trust again, to find a way to solve their problems. And the first Poltergeist was all about that. This was a little more all over the place. And hell, they oh, don't they even mention to, the daughter. They, they tried don't. to smack you in the face with that same thing where it's like, oh, we got to stick together. But they 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 were they, they failed it because they kept telling you, they kept reminding you, oh, yeah, by the way, you're only strong together. Don't forget the don't forget the theme. And I forgot right. the kid, the well, son. I forgot he even existed for half the movie. He was barely. Yeah. I feel like he was barely there. Sorry. But it's also it's not just the the family unit that I think make made the first one better. It was that the the world building the rules were established. Mm-hmm. And I think in any horror movie, Quiet Place is a great example of this. The rules are are established very very quickly. About all right, we can be in this in this world. There are these monsters. They can hear us. We have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. With the poltergeist, especially poltergeist too, uh, doesn't really matter what we do. These things can—they pretty much can Superman their way into into anything. They can rip yeah. off their stupid cellophane s and wrap yeah, us in plastic, yeah. or they can blow us with heat breath or whatever. One, mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one—the first one hid the danger, and that makes it intense. And this one, mm-hmm. they opened the front doors and said, "Here's a look at the other side. Here's a full get a good look at it." And, and this is this is everything is right here. We're putting all of our cards on the table, and, and as such, I think I think it's yeah, less that's a really I think yeah, I think here. that's a really important point. Setting up rules and establishing your world in a way that gives the viewer a plain view of okay, well, this is this is the space we have to work in. Yeah, is, is really otherwise important. you don't care if the family right. can make or you don't care how the family is going to get out of it. You know, it's like all right, well, they 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 possess the one thing that's able to take out this this enemy this uh mm-hmm. uh antagonist and then poltergeist 2 it's like oh, all right well it's just love okay uh doesn't uh, every this... family have that isn't poltergeist <laughs> like... I, no I it's a totally good point can... i think that's really important yeah. to remember for almost anything that i now that you're saying it almost everything i really like has mm-hmm. done that has has mm-hmm. established those rules as much as i go on and on and on about fury road part of what makes that happen is that they anchor it in the rules of the world it's like yeah it's chaotic it's insane but it's the rules it's this desert and there's no food and there's hardly any water and there's no nothing and once you realize you 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 have the constraints in place and you realize that the rules are immovable then you can mm-hmm. just build your story within it and it works so much better than you saying oh but at the end it turns out there's a guy who has he can grow gill. That's right. re- in fact, right. I would say the reason right. the the right. reason Waterworld failed, in my opinion, for a lot of people, even though I enjoy it, is because he grew gills. That's not yeah. within the mm-hmm. rules of the world. It doesn't work right. like that. Oh, you we're, can't... we're branching off into a new rule. Sorry, right. new rule established. Right. Yeah, and and if you look at even Star Wars, the Force, it's still established like that there are rules. And when does it fail? When they start throwing freaking midichlorians yep. into the business. Yep. That's, Amen. That's hallelujah, dude. Oh that's my That's what happened here as well. And you know, the, uh, 
The problem is they wrote themselves into a corner at the beginning of the uh, at the end of the first movie. They made the house totally disappear and everything was surrounded about about that house being haunted. Yeah. And so the house is gone and now the family has to become mobile. Yeah. So you certainly can't pop them another place and go, oh, they're buried over another Native American graveyard. No, you have to go, okay, right. well, then the family is haunted. And I think that's probably the seed that that sunk this this mm-hmm. movie as far as that is concerned. Yeah, because it's a fun time. I enjoyed my watch, but oh, this yeah. is not mm-hmm. good. This isn't great. No, no. This is just, it's a Halloween movie for Sacktober. Yeah. And if you don't watch anything, if if you don't watch it for any reason, just to watch uh, Kane. Just watch it for film sack. Yeah, watch yeah, it for Kane. Kane. Right, Kane, exactly. Man. Now, do oh, you guys, so I'm going to, we're going to do some scrutiny. Scrutiny. This is of a, <laughs> this is of an IMDb uh, 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 trivia, which, you know, we know can be dubious. We certainly know that more than ever now, but. Uh, here's one that I just, I don't know if I believe it. It says H.R. Geiger, or Giger, I learned yeah, yeah. the way he says it, uh, provided the special effect designs. Giger uh, created several designs, but only two made it into the film, albeit briefly. Some books on his art report that Giger was very unhappy with how his designs were translated to film. Now, I know the the, the paraplegic dude, or the, um, uh-huh. the amputee, amputee dude, very mm-hmm. much had kind of a Giger vibe going. A so, little yeah, bit. There's yeah. an interview with him. On this subject, is there? So this is real. I, That's I, a yeah, weird I, thing. I, I also read an interview with him, yeah. and the the deal was he was from Zurich, and he didn't want to leave Zurich. He wanted to work there. Oh, and this film is being made in Hollywood, mm. and so they're like, "Oh, okay, uh, you just do some, you know, like do some paintings and send them over." And then they used them, and he didn't have any like exactly. input about how they were used. Oh, He's yeah. like, "I didn't paint a totem turd. That's not what I sent you." <laughs> But I just don't know how you si- he signs up for this. Hey, you want to do the sequel to, to Poltergeist? I mean, maybe that was a big deal then. I don't know. But I don't know. The, I mean, the first one a, did pretty well, and it wasn't. He was trying yeah. something new. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't feel like it had that that Geiger coolness. The the smooth, um, smooth the stuff alien. alien yeah, I mean, the right. stuff in Alien looks looks organic, but still has right. a very symmetric. Uh, but that's 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 aliens though, right? So that's like outer space. Some of those other. But stuff everything is, is else, very... but everything else, you look at the that Geiger did the the cover of uh, Brain Salad Surgery by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Or I, I'm right, probably right. getting the album wrong, but um, and just but his that artwork. Was his, that was his '70s self. This is this is late '80s. This just Geiger. felt like uh brown latex. Let's jam another arm on here. Ah, oh, let's stick a head. Let's stick a face right over here. Well, it just didn't it, feel like it was as well thought through. Seems like that supports the idea that they didn't really. Yeah, didn't you didn't design. use him. They may be like, like, oh, hey, he's got a good idea for an amputee guy. Right. <laughs> and then they just sort of made Wait, one. And but instead of smooth, let's make him look like he's a melted pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I by feel the, like we, yeah. I feel like we talked about him when we watched uh, Dune, the original Dune, mm-hmm. years and years ago. So and long ago. Uh, my recollection is that uh, you know David Lynch wanted to use his designs, and that we saw some of it. But then again the same story like I, i'm having deja vu like oh yeah it uh they didn't use everything that he submitted for the film because was it his i thought his input was for the other uh attempt that before it went to lynch um what's his name can't think of the guy's oh, name oh yeah yeah the joder joderowski that version yeah, yeah i thought it was yes is that his name yeah whatever it is i think that he was he was all up in that and then all that stuff got scrapped and then i think giger and others just walked away and then no, it, I'm I'm certain that that we saw some of Giger's designs in 
the David Lynch Dune. I'm might, sure might have. Yeah, I mean, some of the costuming was very giggery, <laughs> if that's a word. <laughs> what is this giggery? Uh, I I am beyond excited to see how they do it for this new one coming out next year. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, I cannot freaking wait for that. Uh. All right. I wrote uh, a thing here about the girl and the mom taking a bath. Now. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Yes. Tina, at I some, talked about this too. Like at, at some point there's an age thing where you just you're just not doing that anymore. And I get it when they're little or the little baby, you bring them yeah. into the shower and teach them how a shower works so they're not afraid of it and and this sort of thing. That's all fine. But when your kid's like ten, which is what she was roughly here, uh ten or eleven, whatever it is, I yeah, and it's not even your real mom. And she's in there right. just bucking. Well that's that was actually the part that Tina and I were like, all right, so Joe Beth Williams has to sit topless in a bathtub yeah. with a little girl who's not any relation to her. Yeah. It's uh, weird. Could they not have done this with her standing out, kneeling off, out, outside the bathtub and washing her hair? They like, tried they... to, and Joe Beth Williams said, nope, I'm getting in the tub. <laughs> Can we do one more take with me topless in the tub, please? I mean, this was the, I was reading this review. Gene Siskel hated this movie, and one of the reasons he gave was he thought that was just a, a really? stone too far. Yeah. He well, was, he had yeah he had a big problem with Joe Beth Williams doing a lot of nudity. Like he kind of had a, I don't know, like a little weird father protective quality with her or something. Funny. Where well, because she was was she the one in um, Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer in the hallway, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that was a famous naked lady moment. Yeah, <laughs> famous naked lady. This week in history of naked lady. I don't think I've ever even seen that movie, but I had the Mad Magazine parody of it, and right. they depict some I've lady in either, the hall, but, yeah, standing there naked, holding holding all her private bits, and I thought, oh, that seems naughty. Oh, the, speaking of Mad Magazine, yeah. I was trying to remember if I had that actual uh, issue that the kid was had on his bed. Oh, I've, I, yeah, oh. I wonder about that too because I think I might actually, oh, yeah. I might have that in a I box. I had that one. Yeah, I, have, yeah. I still have all that shit. I got to go through that stuff. Decide which. <laughs> some of it's probably falling apart. It's probably getting eaten by bugs. I don't know. It's in a box. Bugs. Uh, uh, Joe Beth Williams is almost unrecognizable now. Like she's uh, she's blonde. She doesn't have obviously she doesn't have the '80s permed curly brown hair anymore. But oh. um, but uh, you look at her now, and and you'd never say, "Oh yeah, that's Joe Beth Williams." Her mm-hmm. one in our Discord. Yeah, she's uh, she's in things like The Good Doctor and Living Biblically. Oh, yeah. yeah, she almost looks oh. more like Elizabeth Shue than Joe Beth Williams. That's like the Good Doctor's de- mom or something. Is that <laughs> she plays in The Good Doctor? I bet she probably does play The Good Doctor because right. that's the one with uh, Freddie Highmore, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. My wife got into a show for a while, kind of hardcore, called Heart of Dixie which mm. is this mm-hmm. ridiculously stupid show. But anyway, it's it was on 2011 to oh, 2015. Oh, it's H-A-R-T, right? The heart of yeah. Dixie. Yeah, and it's about a yeah. girl. She's from New York. She moves to a small town. But somehow this small town in Georgia, they, they it's just a fantasy land show. It's terrible. Everybody's good looking. It's just WB up the wazoo. But mm-hmm. she was on there, played uh, her mother, this lady's mother, and she was good. Like of all mm-hmm. of the people in that show, she she was good. So you know she's not doing a lot of stuff now. Like no, she's doing enough apparently, and she you know still looks great too. Like she, uh, she's taking care of herself. Yeah, she's lovely. Mm-hmm. I thought that also about what's her name in uh, the boys. Well, till the end. Oh yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Till that very end, if you know what I'm saying. You know who's taking care of himself yeah. as well? Oh yeah, that was pretty rough. Craig T. Nelson. Craig yeah. T. Nelson. Yeah, baby. <laughs> well, yeah. 
He looks yeah, good. Got that, he's got that hair. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, he that still hair. has some of it, and he's handsome. He's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of cool. He's controversial, though. He's kind of an idiot well, in real life, but aren't yeah. we all? And on stage, I mean, yeah. sort of thing, just But he's good in shows and TVs and things and all that. And also, I have a soft spot for Coach. I used to like Coach a lot. I love never, Coach. Never saw an episode of Coach. Oh my, Co- how can you coaches, not? You gotta, this you isn't gotta one of those things Patrick. where it's like, you know, I was watching Fantasy Island or Love Buzz at the same time. It just never... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was watching much TV the, the, the in the 90s when Coach was on. I think Coach is best compared to Cheers in the sense that it feels yeah, like comfort yeah. food. It's that kind of comedy. Because mm. that was the one with Dauber, right? Yeah, Dauber, exactly. who went on Patrick. to be Patrick yeah. from uh, Patrick yeah. Starr, who was also... Did you notice Dauber in uh, un, or, uh, Unbelievable, uh, Brian Ibbett? The, the thing you just watched, the series you just watched? Uh, still watching it, but... Oh, and I'm sorry, in Unbelievable. Yeah, we finished that one. Yeah, uh, Dauber's Yeah, the, he was the bad, one of the bad cops. Yeah, one of the right? cops that was just terrible. Kind of the, at, worst, the worst of the bad cops. That guy could not read the room. He just trained wrong. He was just terrible. Yeah. But he man, really was, it was yeah. weird. What a great role for him. He was really good he in was that. really good, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dauber's the guy you're thinking of, and Coach is great. And I would recommend when you're done with your Cheers watch through. Oh no, that's Tom who's doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing a Cheers watch through. I'm uh, I got stuck rewatching. Well, not stuck. All right, little little inside baseball. Hammond and I were going to do uh, a Lost rewatch because Hammond has never seen Lost. Okay. And so we had a show that we recorded four episodes of called Some Like It Lost, and um, we were watching it. Me as a me as a fan of this of the show. And him as someone who's never seen it, we'd go through every episode, really short little 10 minute episodes after, uh, like I said, I think we recorded seven episodes after seven. I said, this just isn't the show. Like if we were doing this for ANTP, I would, I would give it a bad, uh, a bad (laughs) score because it wasn't the show that I wanted to produce. It felt rushed and I wanted to do a lot more production and we're just so busy with everything else. That's like, no, I think we're going to shelve it. Mm. That happens. It was the fifteenth fifteenth anniversary of Lost, but in starting to watch those seven episodes, now I'm like, I kind of gonna watch it through all the way through. Again. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm watching, I watch Mind Hunter when I'm fully awake and I can pay attention to it, <laughs> and I watch, uh, uh, I watch uh, Lost when I'm trying to fall asleep. Nice. <laughs> nice. Smoke monsters. Yeah. You yeah, need a good you smoke monster. Exactly right. That yeah. is exactly right. And yeah. I like. I came away. When you just said that, I thought to myself, oh, how cool would it be if there were only like 20 episodes of Lost, mm. period. The whole freaking thing was 20 episodes because that's how it is. That's how Mindhunter is. And I, I mm-hmm. watch Mindhunter and I'm like, wow, I wish there was a hundred more episodes of this. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is it about that? Where, where there's mm. sometimes you watch something and you're like, that would be entertaining if it wasn't so long. And other times, yeah. you're like, that's so entertaining. Why is it so short? I know. We get to we the, we're in this new place where the 24 episode season is no more, and we're down to these 12, 13 things, mm-hmm. which we, and, I think we like, but you are, yeah, when, it's when, it's, when it's really good, you're like, oh, no, no, don't end. Like, I want more of this. Please keep going. <laughs> you're right. totally yeah, you, right. You that's know, weird. all the, uh, the Netflix Marvel stuff, I thought, all right, this is perfectly well encapsulated and condensed down to a 12 13 episode season i wouldn't want more episodes than this like i'm i feel like i'm i'm liking more the little short condensed seasons of a thing because you don't wander into this territory that's never paid off or into this other thing that's that feels just like well we need to fill some episodes so let's do this whole little side thing i do really like the whole i mean mind hunter's great unbelievable is great um i like these little condensed how is 
The Expanse is 12 or 13 episodes per season, right? Yeah, that's all. Just 12 or... I think mm-hmm. 10 maybe the first season, 12 the next or something like that. By yeah. the way, if you want to see Jared Harris in a rad role, watch The Expanse. He's really good. Yeah, here. well, and Chernobyl is... is As soon as we catch up on British Bake Off, then we're on to Chernobyl. We needed something happy after Unbelievable and Mindhunter. Uh, even even that... Uh, Mindhunter in like three days. Even that... <laughs> Even that Carnival Row thing that's on Prime, oh, which yeah. I hear has some yeah. problems, that's got Jared Harris in it. That dude's everywhere. He's yeah, and uh, um, who else has it got? It's got, uh, not, is it Channing Tatum or is it? Uh, no, it's, uh, what's no, his it's, name from Lord of the Rings? The, Lord of the Rings, They're right, taking the, the Hobbit's the, Isengard, him. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I can't think of his name. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, they're taking the Hobbit's Isengard. I can't think of his name. Blonde guy, yeah, him. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Yes, thank you. Jeez, that, was, that was that was fun trip for me. I <laughs> watching that. watching the, the uh, drowning uh, there. That was that was that was quite entertaining. Thank you very much. Kane is, gets Katy Perry's uh, penis boy because he's famous for having those right, boat shots right. where he's like rowing the boat with his oh, wiener out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Rock yeah. out with his uh, oars out. Yeah, with his oars out. <laughs> it, it is interesting how we've. It is interesting how we're consuming. TV and and shows differently now than we have in the past, probably because mediums have changed. But speaking of mediums and complaints, one of the biggest criticisms of Poltergeist Two well, that I saw from several right I saw from several critics was we don't we don't need a part two. The first one wrapped everything up nice yeah. and neat. And there was a time when we used to get really mad about a part two to a movie that. We felt like didn't need it. Are we still there? Because I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, you want to make a Poltergeist 2? Make a freaking Poltergeist 2. You want to make a, a, a 3, 4, five? I don't care. I don't have to watch it. You're not ruining the first one for me. Is that? Yeah. No, I think uh, I think there's. we still deal with that, right? Is uh, right. I'm trying to think of the latest example where it felt like an unnecessary sequel. Um, They're all unnecessary, right? I mean... You know, unless they're planned, bef- unless they're planned. For <laughs> Endgame, Endgame sure felt like it was a necessary sequel. <laughs> That's true. But it wasn't called. It wasn't called Part Two, though, right? It just oh, was it, originally. It, was, yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was before they changed it and lied to us and said they're That's two right. separate movies. We never. Yeah, I we never to, said it was Infinity I War think, Parts One and Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. I, I feel like I, I've gotten. I don't know if it's just if it's a different time or if I've changed. I like to think it's because I've changed, but I mean. I used to get mad at things that look like other things. I'm like, ah, you ruin the uniqueness of this other thing because you're trying to mm-hmm. make something like it. And then when I, you know, as I get further away from that thing, I'm like, oh man, I wish there had been like a whole movement where there was tons of those things. I don't care if they all look similar. Yeah. I would love to have had more of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think that's why you see Tarantino never wants to do sequels and I, you can't really count like, um, Kill, Kill Bill, Bill parts yeah. one and two yeah, as, they were as a movie and its sequel, just one long story. Right. But, uh, you know, we don't want to, as much as we think we want a Pulp Fiction two or a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ingl- the, uh, Inglorious Bastards two, this time it's personal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll know. never do that. Um, but what's yeah. ironic is he may be doing a Star Trek movie, which is in itself sort well, of a sequel. Yeah. yeah. But uh, not a sequel to his own work, I guess. So the right, rule is, exactly. I'll only do. Listen, I'll only do your movie. I'll only do your Star Trek movie if you never make another one. It has to be the end. And, be and no it has more. to have feet. It has to have a lot of feet. Lots of feet. Starfleet feet. Starfeet. In fact, we're gonna name it Starfeet. Starfeet. Yeah. Everyone goes to Starfeet. Starfeet, Starfeet Command. Academy. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that was my favorite moment yes. of the week. Jordan, Jordan was- Peele, I think, is probably on that same, uh, never wanting to do a sequel. I don't think we're ever going to see a sequel to uh, Us or Get Out or anything like that, even though he's created some really cool kind of world building with those things. Yeah, I think, well, he may not be the one to do them. See, that's the big question, right? Like, mm, sure. it's easy for somebody like Tarantino to say that, but then when he's long gone and the people that control it are the studios and it's 30 years from now, does someone approach Pulp Fiction with a new take? Like, it's possible. You've, we've seen weirder things. There are movies that were considered like the big auteur thing of their time in the 60s that everyone just thought, oh, that'll just be forever the thing. Uh, True Grit is an example. And then someone did it. And then, but because we're so far removed from it, it was fine to do it. I, I wonder about that. Because right now we think yeah. it's such a big deal, but maybe it won't be in 30 years. Maybe nobody cares. Well, and, and you know, is it uh, is it kind of a decision when somebody says, all right, does this movie require a sequel? No, but we want to do it. We want to do something with it. Let's remake it, mm-hmm. you know, reboot it. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the thinking? Like if a, if a sequel feels unnecessary, they'll just go for the reboot if they want to venture into that world again. Yeah, I, it's it's an it's an interesting question. I I I I want I've gotten more this way as I've gotten older. The way Dunaway was explaining it, things like Poltergeist. At one point in my life, I would have said, "Don't make that. That's a terrible idea. Don't remake it. That's a bad bad idea." Now I'm like, "Go for it. Let's see if it works." Yeah, like, I'm happy and, to see it works. But Matrix Four, bring it. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, the entire subject is so dependent. It's dependent on who's doing it and when and yeah. what uh, other who's what involved, you, how many actors have seen. Involved. Like, it's mm-hmm. so, there's too many dependencies. Like I can't help thinking about how a couple of weeks ago I was going around telling people, "Go see Good Boys." I need you to go see Good Boys in the theater and soon while there's still going to be a crowd around you because a part of the experience mm-hmm. was so awesome having a bunch of people around me who were also as surprised by the 12-year-old's cursing <laughs> as I was. Like I couldn't imagine that you would watch this movie at home by yourself on the couch and think it was as funny as I was experiencing. And so I'm telling all these people, so, and then a, a few days go by and I'm like, Man, I kind of, I kind of hate that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I understand why I felt that and why I was saying it, but I also kind of hate how dependent the experience is on these other know. factors. Mm. I mean, there's something that's just enjoyable about seeing a, a movie in a crowd of people. Anyway, I can't imagine. I mean, we were talking about this with Rocky Horror Picture Show, both on the show and and outside of the show, um, the other day. That Tina's never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show in a theater, and it's a it is, in my opinion, watching the movie on, on you know, streaming or disc or whatever is way inferior than to seeing it in a crowd of people. And I would say like a Marvel movie or a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a Farrelly Brothers comedy or something like that. I'd much rather see it in a crowd and get the, the laughter or get the excitement of, of, an, of a crowd seeing that movie than watching it at home either alone or just with the yeah family. for me it depends on the movie but yeah i agree like that Mar- especially marvel is the great example of that but um yeah there i mean i agree that there's a ton of factors but i've gotten to the point where i'm like someone will say hey they're doing even another attempt at a ghostbusters reboot i'm like sweet let's do it go for mm-hmm. it let's yeah. make it I, no yeah. doesn't mean i'll see it no even if it sucks right. even if right. it sucks it'd be like right all right well it sucked 
Good, good luck yeah. next time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Good, anymore. Yeah. I guess good, I'm going to go good burn try. my Ghostbusters Blu-ray. I'm just going to go burn it now since yeah. you're making another one. Well, that, see, that's the that's my point is I've gotten a, I've finally broken free of that notion that it ruins the thing that came before because it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, and let me let me steer. I'm trying to steer this discussion toward an idea. So uh, August 2001, I, I'm in San Francisco on business. And a friend of mine is living in South San Francisco, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come up to the city and let's go see this new movie. And he and I are both film film freaks, and the new movie is the Nicole Kidman movie, The Others. Oh, yeah. And The, uh, the Others was a, it was a, 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 a gosh, a Alejandro Amenabar movie. Yeah. And uh, it's very quiet, and it's supposed to scare you. Uh, in by by lulling you into a sense of quiet and and then shocking you or whatever, and it starts off by pulling that trick at the very very beginning. Yeah, and I'm in an audience that's completely full. The movie is sold out. It's a very large movie theater, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people all around me. And the movie starts out 100% silent, mm-hmm. and then suddenly Nicole Kidman is screaming at the top of her lungs. Mm-hmm. The very beginning of the movie. And people in the audience also screamed. Yeah, like people around me ha- gave gave yeah. the movie such a different impact for me. Well, that's also go to the movies. That's all. No, this happened for me. Uh, I've, this happened for me before, and also I've heard like my my wife and kids all saw a quiet place in theaters, and I just didn't for whatever reason. Mm. And they they reported the same experience because that movie is very silent for much of it. And a lot of it is just the audience on their on their edge of their seats, wondering what's going to happen next, and they're really quiet. Mm-hmm. I think that if the yeah. sound, it's that all about fantastic. It's all about like tension, really- tension, <laughs> and sound, um, sound like sound design is. It, well, they won every award you could for sound design. That movie did, and and rightly so because that's a huge part of it. I've, I've seen the others. That movie's great. Has amazing sound design for what sound it has, and uh, even though the end, the twist is basically Sixth Sense all over again, kind of. Uh, yeah, that was a good movie. That so what? Pain. But what I'm what I'm getting at is I dislike that about movies in general. Oh, I dislike the fact that I'm that I'm going around saying to people, "Well, you didn't get the full experience because you weren't in that one crowded movie theater where somebody also screamed." Like that sucks. That but, I but, hate that. I, you know, I do. Do you hate it or do you hate? I, I don't hate it. I actually, I actually like that some directors, even though it probably doesn't do them very well financially, I like directors who go, you know what? This is meant to be on the big screen. And mm-hmm. it's okay that if it doesn't translate well down the line, because it's not the director's job necessarily to make this movie financially successful. He's there to create you know, a, an artful creation to meet his vision. The producers may disagree. They may they want money, but that's that's not, that's not the same. So I'm okay with a movie presented a theater that diswows you at a theater because i i've talked about this movie before and i know no one really likes it as much as i do and it's a sucker punch and i saw that at the imax and it was such a quiet theater and that presentation because nobody was in there no one was in there it's true it's true (laughs) no one was in there i don't think the director meant for me to be alone watching it by myself (laughs) however i will say that i have I have every since then I can watch the movie and I can kind of relive that time and I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was, well, here's the thing though. I mean, the, the, the deal with the sucker punch is visually it's a great movie. And I think that seeing it in the theater, 
It really is. But seeing it in the theater would be the way to see that movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Would be the only way that I could find that movie enjoyable because it is so visual that watching it at home, you're less surrounded by the special effects and the look and the visual, you know, and I'm fine with that. That's the reason why I don't watch a 300 on, you know, like on a 22 inch screen TV or an iPhone because it was Uh never meant to be like that. And it's okay. It's okay that it exists in a place that would be displayed there. If that was the director's intent. Sure. Yeah. I get that. This is, yeah, this is this great. Is, this is how you I know, who knew we'd get such great cinematic intellectual discussion out of freaking Poltergeist 2? <laughs> because it's one of those situations where we get on this tangent of talking about movies. as uh, you know, Any tangent, the worse a movie is, the more we go off on a tangent. Well, I think so. I was actually yeah. going to get back to Poltergeist 2 because I was, I was curious how this, did any of you see it in the theater? No. And if you did, would it play any different? And I think that the smallness of the story because this is a relatively small story really i mean i don't think it would benefit from being seen at a big screen i think you could pretty much experience what you got in just you know any standard tv i don't think there's anything that lifts it above that yeah uh i okay i think it would have been more fun in the theater if that's what you're saying yes like it would have been loud. No, I think it would I actually think I would be more not, annoyed. Not enough fun, though. I, I mean, it wouldn't I, be great. Yeah, I think I would be more annoyed if I was at the theater by this movie. It wouldn't would be, be great. Cool. And if you were a fan of the first movie, you were going to come out of there disappointed. I think, but but right. no matter what, I think that the just the experience of loud sound, stereophonic coming all around your head. Lots of rumbly, you know. I actually don't remember how good it was back then. There was, but, you there, know, was there was no rumblies. Right. There was no. There was a floating turd. If you want to see that in great big screen, <laughs> right. maybe. But other than that, nah. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 you make a good point, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But that's why, that's why I have a 110 inch screen projection because mm-hmm. I don't like to watch a lot of the movies that I love on mm-hmm. my 50-inch TV. I mean, sure. it's a 50-inch TV. It's still big, but it doesn't give me that ratio of, of, of where I'm sitting and how immersive... Uh, the inter- visual entertainment is yeah yeah i get that uh well let's do some clips to the audio entertainment yeah, of the, uh, that film. Sure. Uh, i'm using a new system so hopefully this works all right so uh we're gonna get right into it we're gonna go straight to this i've seen it in dreams oh yeah that's taylor he's seen it in dreams you know he's, mm. he's uh mm-hmm. he's been dreaming drunken drunken only because you snorted the smoke <laughs> right uh, then we have the big R word making an appearance in your 80s movie. So here you go. Enjoy this. Great. I'll just have to grow up retarded. Come on, Rob. Kids don't grow up retardo. <laughs> oh, jeez. And you <laughs> <make> this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the way he says it, it's just so like. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, sh- something about she knew things. Oh, I think this is grandma. She's. This is where we get a hint that grandma was clairvoyant the whole time. I've loved every age I've been. They all have their blessings. When I was your age, I learned that I could do things that other folks couldn't. Like what kind of things? I just knew things. <laughs> Come on, grandma. Gets- I could play the I could play the Casio tone just by <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. What was Jerry Goldsmith doing in this movie? Yeah, yeah not not his best work, I would say. Not his best work. He did the first one too, right? I think. I think he did. Yeah. I think you're right. Goldsmith was getting around, man. All right. Uh, let's see. What the truth gets you. 
That's exactly what I've been talking about. You tell the truth, and what do you get? Nada. 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 Well done, Craig okay. T. Nelson. Okay, wow. Well, I, I, I don't know. I understand the philosophy there, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I kind of do. You got to make up something if you want to get the insurance folks to give you money. That's right. Man, the insurance people. What a trope that is. They're yeah. always screwing you over. And then I realized, no, they do. They actually do screw you over. Yeah. They're the yeah, worst. Yeah, that's their I, job. They're, yeah. they're there to figure out reasons why they can't give you money. Yeah. F I did I did like that they – another movie would have just said, eh, whatever, we're not going to talk about the house and disappeared. But this actually confronts it and says, yeah, remember at the end of the last movie? These people have no home. Let's mm -hmm. let's really dig in. How do you explain that uh, to the insurance company? So they yeah. Really, also, how do the neighbors just, deal with this? Oh, I kept thinking because it was so ground zero where the house they was. They left. Did they Everybody all leave? Moved. Yeah, that's right. why. Yeah, that's why uh, Shula Vista or whatever it's right. called is like <laughs> vacant. <laughs> See, I would have if I were Craig T. Nielsen on my on my crappy uh, freaking door to door vacuum salesman right. uh, uh -huh. paycheck. I would have gone right next door to one of those abandoned homes. Not abandoned, but they you know if they right. gave uh -huh. it up, just go over there and get a really killer deal on your now low low price, and just move <laughs> next door. They're all fine. They don't have the Indian problem. We're good. Right. They don't have the Indian problem. Native American problem. <laughs> yeah, because that's the problem. Yeah, it's, it's that word. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's what's the, so What happened to the something? They say that if the house disappeared, then technically it's only missing. Oh, right. There was that. Uh -huh. All right. And then here's Craig T. Nelson all ticked about, I think, more insurance stuff. What do they think? This house is going to return or something? Mm-hmm. Pretty okay. angry. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh. He gets even more angry right. here. But I tell you something. I'm writing them back, and when I sign that letter, I'm signing Mr. President. What? <laughs> what? What? Oh, I like wow. it. Yeah. What does Mr. it mean, though? Prestidigitate? <laughs> yeah. I'm signing it Mr. Prestidigitate. Well, that would fix the house problem. It would clean things up. So yeah. there you go, D&D &D fans. Enjoy that freebie. <laughs> here is an A. I, I call this file Angry Nelson. Okay? So here you go. But I tell you something. I'm oh, writing them back. Never mind. I, I already did that one. That's yeah. a, already More like a, a half Nelson. Yeah. Mm. Here's one called. Oh, actually, it's just him making a weird noise. Huh. Yeah. Huh. 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 That's pretty good. He's honking. Yeah, he's like honking. Like, huh. Huh. All right. Yeah, I have that handy. Keep that around in case I need it. We got lots of actors honking. That's right. All right, here's Ibbett's mom. Uh, yeah. This is uh, this is interesting because when she sent me this clip, it was uh, about being... A, you wanted to be a ballerina, okay? It's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of, Brian. It's fine that you wanted to be a ballerina and your mom sure. now wants the world to know because she sent me this this audio. By the way, rest well. And I uh, hope she gets home soon. Did she get oh, home she, last night? She's, she got home. I went and picked her up from the hospital last night. She uh, She's fine. Pleurisy uh, is the issue. And she's got a little bit of uh, liquid um, pressing in on the outside of her heart, I guess. Oh, pleurisy. I always thought that meant there were two of her. No? <laughs> That's pleuralsy. Oh, pleuralsy. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants the pleuralsy. Uh, you wake up with another of you in bed and you better call the doctor right away. All right, here it is. <laughs> this is a little conversation with... Brian's mom and him when they were younger. I'm going to be a ballerina. Oh, I think you still should have gone for it, dude. You should have still tried. <laughs> you totally know? should have gone for it. Get some yeah. wings. What an adorable child he was. Yeah, you were really cute. All right, here's... I don't know what this is. They're back. Oh, they're back. 
because they're here, remember, and now it's their back. Right. It's funny because in they if you ever watched the trailer back in the day, that's what really nailed it for people was their back. And it was really long. It was really elongated. So they they like they had really different takes in the trailer than they did in this film. Yeah. It's always weird to me when that happens. Uh-huh. Um, also, somebody asked her, hey, uh, Carol Ann, where did you see the giant hairy mole? Okay. <laughs> oh, on their back. On That's their back. back. Yeah. Where yeah, should, okay. where, uh, Carol Ann, where should infants sleep when they go to sleep at night? Their back. All right. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> All right, here's some weird voice modulation. So you remember the lady that was possessed by the grandma and she came up to her in the restaurant or the diner and started yapping oh, at her. Yeah, yeah. When she turned back, that was fine. She was using the voice of the grandma and they dubbed it over and that's fine. But when she became a normal person again, instead of using her voice, this is what came out of her. I'm not your mother, lady. Elspeth, you okay? What happened? What happened? You went she said, it's like all like, like uh, she'd been sucking on helium. Right. I, I think the reason why is because they dubbed over the the lady's voice with the grandma's voice, but then she actually spoke at the very end of that. And I see why they dubbed her now. It looks, yeah, she sounds like she's been sucking on a balloon. It's no good. All right. Here's a famous line from Taylor. I cahoot with no one. I cahoot with no one. Cahoot. Yeah. Because yeah. you're in cahoots. Yeah. I cahoot with no one. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Here's another. Here's a keeper. Get off my car. All right. There's that. <laughs> Uh, here is more. Oh, you know what? I got more audio uh, from your mom. She just sent this in. Uh, I don't remember what it is, but let's just hear what we got here. Hey, I'm a big guy now. And I'm still your mother. Oh, okay. You were just saying oh, you're a big boy yeah. to her. That's when she would wash my hair in the bathtub. Topless. <laughs> Resting her breasts gently on your back. Is that how it went? That's right. Exactly. On their back. Yeah, on their back. Mom, where are your boobs? On their back. Okay, great. <laughs> Keep your hands off my car. I already did. Okay, how about this one? Oh, wait, did I do this one? You can have my aura, my spirits, the ghosts, the whole deal. The whole cassava. But keep your hands off my car. The whole cassava. The whole cassava. Wow. He really I know that. it's a melon, but I mean, that's uh, it's one you don't hear very often, the cassava. Nope. Have you ever eaten one? I don't think I have. You guys ever had a cassava melon? I think I have. I don't think I have. I'm just imagining. I think I've had it in a melon... Uh, Salad, like in a melon salad with you know, with cantaloupe and honeydew and stuff, right? Maybe, but like a mix, yeah, yeah. Like one of those where the the bowl is a is a watermelon shell, and then it's just full of like little yes, balls full of, of little yeah. little balls, the melon somebody balls. Somebody like yeah. somebody cut the watermelon like little handle on it and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, that. I like balling a, good... a melon. By the way, is a very satisfying thing to do. Dude, oh. to do for a catering job that I worked one day, but yeah. uh, like just the fact that a melon is soft enough that you can basically go with the whole melon baller all the way around it, yeah, and then pull yeah. out a perfect melon ball. It's like, oh, that's so satisfying. Kind of Did your mom one. or grandma have uh, the Tupperware melon ballers? Oh yeah, like little plastic oh, yeah. ones. My mom did. Mm-hmm. Oh, just sit there and oh, no. eat my watermelon. Oh, had a yeah. metal one. Yeah. Oh no, we had a little plastic one. That had a little hole in the bottom of it. You can just sit there and you could eat your whole watermelon, just ball it and eat it. Yeah. Oh, oh no, but this this last fall, I started doing a thing where to cut a watermelon, you you slice off the rind on the outside of the hole. So like you take the melon, and then you you slice off a little bit of the, the rind on the side, and then you keep rotating it and slicing off just the rind until mm-hmm. right. you're left with a. Like basically a big red football of the of the contents of the melon. Interesting. 
And then you just slice that up into pieces and drop it in a in a Tupperware thing container and just take out scoops of it anytime you want it. It was great. You're was listening like, to watermelon talk. And that, yeah, no, I never want to cut a watermelon any other way now. Yeah, it seems like that's the only way to do it. And let me ask you this, though. The, yeah. So they call that the meat of the watermelon, right? The inside? Sure. Okay. The flesh. The yeah. flesh. Mm-hmm. All right. So the flesh, of the, does it fall apart? Does it leak everywhere? Like what problems come it, with it doing gets, it? There's about? moisture. I mean, there's a lot of water because <laughs> yeah. it's a watermelon, but yeah. it's still... Uh, um, it's still, you know, it's containable. And I, I think you get that too. If you like take the watermelon and you, and you cut it in half and then you cut it with the rind on it, I think you still get a lot of moisture coming out of yeah, it as you true. do that. It's such yeah. Russian but, roulette, uh, that thing anyway, that whole melon. It's like, well, it what is. are we going to get? It I know what you're good, saying. Cause it feels be softer, right? Like right. to cut it from the outside in. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I will never do it another way now. I love wow. it. T- 10 years and I'm still learning new stuff about it. I did not know his passion. <laughs> I did not know his passion for melons. Just, yeah. just a reminder. A melon is a kind of berry. Oh, the more that's true. You know that's true. It's really? a giant berry. Yeah. Yep. Berry. Berry. Mary, Mary, Mary and Barry. All right. Here's a, here's a, oh, this is great. This is just mumbo jumbo from uh, our friend, Greg T. Nelson. So here you go. Okay. Huh? Huh? Okay. It's just like a, it's a weird. <laughs> they, if you went to drive through. Okay. Yeah, they get, All right. Huh? Huh? Okay. Huh? What? Huh? Okay. okay. All right. How about this one? This car is pissed. Angry. That car is pissed. Yeah. That's a keeper. Keep that one around uh let what's this we talk about angry acting but it seems like he's always in kind of a frantic acting frantic and funny acting you know like he's not really and he did this on coach a lot that was kind of his thing Mm. uh let me in i don't know oh this is yeah this is weird old guy at the door here you go let me in i'll bet his breath was just something else yeah it looks like it right those teeth hate speaking ill of the dead yeah me neither but at the end of the day i mean i we could go on i could say bella lugosi looks like he has terrible breath and i'm sure he talked and he was so breathy when he talked like ah let me let me aren't you a cute little child you need help finding your mother it's like those crispy little song it's like those crispy onions to put on your salad that kind of breath something nasty like that oh there was something by the way that song that he sings in this film uh, mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson used it for one of his songs on his debut album. Oh, nice. Did you get it from this? Probably did. Yeah. 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 Like, it. like, capped it from this, uh, from this film. What's his real name? Do you know? Brian what? Warner, I think. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. <laughs> Don't break the illusion. <laughs> his, real, his real name is Charles. Charles. Charles Manson. <laughs> Had to change it for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. All right. Here's a, I've never heard this phrase from any dad, but here you go. Shut up, Jerko. I'm doing it, okay? That was the kid, Jerko. Yeah, Jerko. I saw that too. That didn't take off. Stop trying to make Jerko a thing. (laughs) Didn't happen. All right, here's how my dad always answered the phone. Straight up. This is true. Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow. 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 I I actually enjoyed when he answered the play phone because there was a thing about our old style phones that we used to have that you could actually we were very patient on the phone. You could sit down for, you could grab the receiver of a phone. Yeah. You could get yourself a chair, pull it over, sit down, and then, and then just very leisurely pick it up and uh, hello. Yeah, no, we just, you're right. We just don't do that leisurely phone talk anymore. Just don't no. Do no, I just no. don't answer phone calls now. Unless it's my right. family. I just right. don't do yeah, it. Yeah, when my phone rings, that it's in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And my, and my, my watch 
tells me what's going on yeah and it buzzes me and it annoys the hell out of me that my watch is now buzzing right right and so i look i glance at it angry like why you do this to me watch and then i press a button on the side of the watch and then i go about my life that's it that's that is an incoming phone call in 2019 and it's so different than 30 years ago it's so different yeah Yep. By the way, Craig T. Nelson, what was uh, Coldplay's uh, highest charting single? Uh, yellow. <laughs> you were all yellow, which is hey, answer. Yellow. Well, uh, yeah, I, I was asking Craig T. Nelson. Oh, oh, uh, and he would say. Yellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he would say, hey, where, uh, w- back in the day when, when I used to go <laughs> Coldplay, uh, Coldplay <laughs> stuff, uh, their, their, their uh, concerts, where, where was their logo? Okay, I couldn't think of a good one. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yellow. All right. Uh, here's a uh, Craig T. Nelson yell. This is a good one. All right, that's a shorty. Gotta get it. <laughs> it's right after he, he swallowed the worm, and he made that sound. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I make good. that same noise, by the way, when so, uh, I drink tequila and I accidentally <laughs> get the worm in my throat. So that was the obvious what gross Scott moment out. Is was that the moment, or was it just too fake for you? Um. It's too fake for it, me, but it was probably was the. It, I it, yeah, I was gonna guess it's probably the the scene where he does cough up the vomit monster. Yeah. Right. But you're thinking about the actual actor having to cough up that gross, slimy, testicle thing out of his mouth. Right. It was clearly it was coming a, from part of it coming from the side of his face. Please, yeah. Please don't throw me up testicles first. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Just, I, <laughs> yeah. That that's a bad scene because your legs are gonna it's, be in a bad place if your testicles come out good. first. Uh, so is, if those, yeah. if those uh, tequila worms had eyes, would fewer people like eat them? Yes. Drink them at the bottom there. Yes. I mean, yeah. okay. I would never do Just it. Wondering. Even if I drank, I would never. I could right. not do that. No eyes, no problem. You know what? Got That's eye, the grossest thing, and it's gross uh, in life as well. Drinking yeah, the, the worm at the really bottom exists. of a bottle. F that. Oh my gosh. F that. So, so <laughs> I I guess Scott, you don't you don't have that memory of the first time that people either tricked you or dared you or convinced you to drink the worm out of the mezcal bottle no there i never did it's never happened oh that's kind of sad it's like a thing in parts of this country i mean i've seen people do it lots so i know what's happening and i've seen people get fooled into it but i never drank so that part never happened and no one could trick me into drinking a tequila bottle with a worm in it yeah right it's not gonna happen (laughs) the uh... the the base the underlying uh issue is not the worm right (laughs) it's the tequila bottle right i would have gone oh what's that oh it's don't worry it's capri sun just their new packaging (laughs) (laughs) it's a capri uh, worm yeah in in college i had a good friend named brian and he lived in a house that he rented with three other guys all named brian oh my lord that's just mm-hmm. i'm sorry our generation our parents just they were not creative at all. you're saturated with brian's yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i know they're all around us oh, right this minute. Yeah. right exactly <laughs> so anyway uh i would i would go like they always had house parties and i would go over there and you know i was in i was in college I was 21 22 and the whole point of going to someone's house on a thursday night was that people had gotten booze like Someone got booze, come over, you know, like that was always the only reason you were going. And so sometimes it was mezcal and it had, you know, a worm in it and people would just be walking around the house looking for, have you ever drank the worm? Have you ever drank the worm? Like looking for the person that it was going to be their first time. And then you, and then you force it on them basically, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad looking back on it. It's (laughs) a little bit. And now I'm thinking maybe we did some illegal things. I'm yes, exactly. But anyway, like I just have this memory of the first time. I was ever 
you know, required. To, everybody had to see, had to see it come out of the bottle into your mouth and you had to swallow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, you know, great thing about mezcal is the worm doesn't really have an impact. Uh, like, it, it, you don't yeah. taste a worm. You don't feel the worm because the mezcal is blowing away all of the inside yeah. of your mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah. burns burns your uh, the inside of your throat for sure. Did you, huh. the, the first time you did it, did you go... <laughs> Did that come out of your mouth? Yeah, exactly. I, That's exactly the noise. Okay. That's what I thought. Just wanted to confirm that. By the way, I'm putting in the chat a uh, a repeating gif of him swallowing that worm. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Yeah, Good enjoy. job. Enjoy. Uh, all right. Where was I? Oh, hey, check it out. Here we got, uh, this is the only safe place. Taylor said it was the only safe place. She's bad. She. I mean, I don't want to speak ill yeah. of the, the sweet girl who should not have died at 12. That's hor- horrifying to me. But she wasn't very good. She wasn't a very good actress in this. No, no. no. She should. I remember her being better in the first one, but maybe it's just that her surroundings were better. She was better directed. Yeah. If you had Spielberg on set, he was good with kids. I think maybe that made a difference. What Uh, did they say? By the way, Brian, you've seen Poltergeist three. What does she say in that one? Does she say they're here again? Yeah. Right. Uh, They're here one more time. Once again, they have arrived. (laughs) Right. No, I don't. I don't think they had a gimmick. I'm trying to remember if they had a gimmick. Uh, I remember the the most impactful scene was uh kane being like on a like a window washer kind of like showing up outside the window on the on the uh on the high-rise building mm. by the way she's in the high-rise building in this one. Oh, oh right oh, yeah right, well, she goes right, kind of right. die hard it's her aunt i think and oh yeah, shoot yeah, yeah i think because it's lara flynn, lara flynn boyle from twin peaks and i feel like i've now i think i've yeah, seen yeah. poltergeist You've probably seen it that- yeah. So, yeah. my friends, there are seven taglines for Poltergeist oh, 3, okay. all all recorded for history in the Internet Movie Database. The seven taglines are, no matter where Carol Ann goes, she never goes alone. Number two, yeah. look who's moving to the city with a vengeance. Oh, Number three, he's found her. Number four. That's why I don't remember any of these. Yeah. Terrible. That's number four tagline. They're back again. Okay, uh, seriously, that's actually in there. Wow. Number five, guess who's back in town? Me. Number six, this is actually a good tagline. Yeah. Number six, trapped in the limbo between life and death, there are only two ways out. Wow. That's really barely good. fit on Twitter. Uh, number <laughs> seven, number seven, the final tagline for Poltergeist 3 is probably a work. Somebody probably faked this onto IMDb. There's no way I think this is real. Okay. Here's the tagline. If you remember how the poltergeist ghouls knocked a house flat, wait till you see what they do to a Chicago skyscraper. Whoa. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> I thought it deserved that. Freaking Nicely taglines. done. Uh, final no. two clips here. This is a, a bang and a scream. Which is not a reference to anything weird. Okay. <laughs> Just you know what I mean. Here it is, a bang and a scream. There you go. That's fine. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. And then uh, uh, everyone should be thanking the Lord. So why not that weird short lady? God. Thank God. Okay. Calm down. Keep it in your pants there, Grandma. All right. Uh, that's your that's your uh, deal. Now time for this. Time for that elusive film check, film check, film sack checklist. Film check. Film check. <laughs> film check checklist. Yep. Uh, coach has to kind of get naked to figure this out. Check. That's number one. Uh, that car was a piece of shit anyway. Check. And finally, basement party. Check. Mm. 
Yeah. Tr- uh, Trek connections are interesting. Uh, we got this. Okay, so first of all, Daryl wrote in, uh, who does our Trek connections, and says, I was sure there'd be an actor in this connection, but all I see is music with Jerry Goldsmith, uh, who did several show and themes for the movies for Star Trek. That's and a then, great connection, though. It's a really strong Jerry one, Goldsmith I think. Is, yeah. yeah, he's a big one. And then uh, Joseph D. Agosta was a casting director in TOS. He also was the casting director here. So those are the only two he found. But then we got this email as a bit of a follow-up. And so I'm reading it now because Daryl is listening and this is for him. Hello, FilmSack dudes. Doug here from Atlanta. I listened to the one about Creep Show and I had to point out that you all missed a Star Trek connection. Remember the blob in the lake? I believe that actor shared a role in an episode of TNG in the first season. Remember the oil slick that enveloped Commander Riker and trapped Troy in her crash shuttlecraft? Yeah, I think that's him. LOL. Except he has a voice then. I think the episode was called Skin of Evil. Thanks, I, Doug. I This person is trying to make us believe we didn't talk about that. Talk, I know. Yeah. No, we talked about the one that killed Tasha Yar. We didn't talk about the Troy yeah. and Riker one. So, fair enough. Right. I, it's funny because I almost I, 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 I remember that episode, and I think if you would have pressed me, I would have said, oh, that's the same episode where uh, episode where uh, Tashi Yar dies, isn't it? Yeah. But no, I guess they were two separate episodes, two separate monsters. Yeah, the name Skin of Evil. Would, I would not win that trivia contest. I would have thought it was no. the Tashi Yar one. No. Uh, soundtrack, uh, soundtrack grade, I give it a TMS for too much synth. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I like that. Not to be confused with TMS, the morning show on Apple's upcoming TV network, or mm-hmm. TMS, oh. the morning stream, the greatest morning show ever yeah. produced. Still writing that cease and desist. Damn straight. Yeah. Let's get yeah. to the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. The tradition states, we start with Randy. Poltergeist 2, the other side, is where you're going to get drunk and drink the worm, and then a bunch of attempted rape happens, and I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. Man, that rapey stuff Jeez. was uh, not fun to watch. I didn't like that. Oh, it was rough. No. Yeah, until they started going. Burr, burr. Thank you for not continuing that one. Yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah, <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable to watch Coach do that. Uh, blah, 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 Dunaway. Oh, Poltergeist 2. Like a six-foot Native American shaman who has taken up shop in your backyard, summoning baby butterflies to charm your family and to steal your family car. I cahoot with no one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to get it just like a Saturday Night Ibbett's house out of you for some reason. Sounded like nope. it. Sounded like you were heading there. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett. Poltergeist 2. The other, This is my follow-up one, by the way, because Brian stole my first oh, yeah. <laughs> Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. The Poltergeist curse claims four more victims. Scott, Randy, Brian, and Brian. <laughs> wow. Well done. We're all going to die now. And by the way, if we all do, <laughs> if we all do die, I need someone to freaking pin it on poltergeist too okay Please. all right okay mm-hmm. sure we have a lot well, of listeners somebody, basically i will submit a letter that uh it's one of those things After like listening. in action movies where mm-hmm. where uh if this letter gets delivered if i die if something happens to me this letter will get delivered to imdb and put on their <laughs> put on their uh, form exactly and by the way uh if you're listening uh and there there's like 20 something thousand people who hear this episode plus mm-hmm. especially in mm-hmm. october they go up uh, they'll they'll mark this season for you as or this moment for you as well. They'll all remember. Okay, good. Yeah, good. don't don't you worry good. one bit. All right, here's this. Just handed to me. Oh, this piece of paper. It says these were the titles they almost went with for this film. Uh, check this one out. Daddy just needs another drinky poo. Was one of them. <laughs> and the other one is oh, pink phone party. That was close. Oh, yeah, pink phone party. It's too bad the they missed that. Phone who dis? Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Now has come the time. Before I do an email, I want to play this thing. We are uh, fast approaching our 10-year anniversary. What the what day of the month is the actual anniversary? I don't even know. Do we know that? I don't know if we oh, do Oh, no. I would think that you'd have that day. Right. We would think it. you would know that. Hold on. I might have it. I might have it. Let's see. Uh, the old... Uh, full, okay, here we go. So we're looking at episode one. Look crawl. up crawl. Film sack crawl. Oh, it was right near the end. 29th will be our... Uh, Will be the uh, the the ten year anniversary of films. Oh, nice, my mom's birthday. Happy oh, good. Birthday, yeah, happy birthday oh. to your mom. Yeah, she's she's actually in the hospital right now. I no, wonder, I wonder if my mom has ever once listened to an episode of Film Sack. <laughs> I would like to I would like to send her away. Like maybe her phone is capable of it, and I would like to send her instructions. I like what episode I want to know from all of you out there and you guys. Right, right. What episode of Film Sack do I have my about to turn 80-year-old mom, listen to as the prototypical mm-hmm. one that won't embarrass me. I love this idea. Someone come up with one. That'd be awesome. It definitely isn't Kroll. we got to find something better than Kroll. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so uh, Jamie, who works on cool stuff for the morning show as well, decided to put together, he's a big fan of the show, decided to put together a 10-year anniversary mashup of us from the show over 10 years of time. And it's only a minute 38. So he is content, wow. condensed a lot of shows, a lot of episodes. Uh, 439 episodes to be exact, plus a few bonusy things down into a minute 38. I've not heard this, neither of any of you, so mm. we're going to enjoy this together. Awesome. If he does anything illegal, I'll stop it and take it out and post. <laughs> <laughs> so here goes 10 years of film sack. Enjoy. From the people who brought you the morning stream and Coverville. I got to go lick my butt for two hours. Talk to you later, meow. (laughs) It started with Krull back in 2009. There's a giant turd in space. That's what we're greeted with. This is Film Zack. Starring Scott Johnson. Bram Stoker is having a Bram Stroker. <laughs> Get it? Brian Dunaway. You would do anything for my movie, but you won't do that right, right. Yeah, I got it. Very funny. <laughs> Mr. Loaf. Mr. What's that Loaf. Now? Brian Ibbett. Listen, you son of a bitch. I don't know what this filming sack is, but you're going to have to step up your game if you're wanting to sack me. And Randy Deluxe Jordan. Did I ever tell you boys about the time I was the last man on earth. No. True story. <laughs> also featuring the wickedly talented Mr. Scott Fletcher or Mrs. Scott Fletcher. <laughs> that shit never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> this team of four cohorts dig deep down in the films that really matter, like Retrograde and Minority Report. And no, there's nothing goddamn symbolic about the water, Brian. It's just goddamn water. Jeez. <laughs> Catch Film Sack every week on the Frog Pants Network. Oh, and I almost forgot. Congrats on making it 10 years with this shit. Real accomplishment, fellas. Here's to 10 more. Okay, that might be my favorite thing that ever happened. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, thank you, to, <laughs> thank you to to the editor and Scott. Fletcher. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Thanks. Thank I didn't know Scott wow. Fletcher was doing any of this. I had no idea. I know. Oh, wow, amazing. 
Well, that answers everybody's question. Where did Fletcher go? No, he didn't go anywhere. He's just a busy Still dude. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's busy doing stuff for Jamie, <laughs> not us. What the hell? Yeah, that well, was really something, man. Uh, maybe maybe Jamie pays better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I like that it's from the people who brought you TMS. When TMS came out two years after uh, Film yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It's more like the people that brought you. You should have started with it's The Instance, Radio, Coverville, the instance, yeah. ELR. Yeah. Uh, it that, really is. Uh, I've always said FilmSack is the natural successor to Extra Life Radio. Yeah. Like, I know. I know people feel that about TMS, but I've always felt like TMS was this other idea, this mm-hmm. morning show concept. You know, whereas uh, the the Extra Life Radio very often just became an an early episode of FilmSack with you know talking about yeah. movies. You mm-hmm. just can't help How it. How are the graphics? Yeah, all that stuff. It's uh. It's uh, amazing. Ten years, and we'll talk about it more as we get closer to the end of the month. But uh, Jamie, that was awesome. That was amazing. I love that. I'm gonna Super. I'm gonna play Super. that on other stuff. I think that thing's just a good promo to stick at the end of shows and yeah. stuff. Yeah, promote the show on there. So well done. That'll get some use. We'll uh, also get some explicit tags. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got an email from Michael Siska. Siska. I don't know how to say his name. It's a weird name. Uh, anyway, the gate is the topic, and he says, "Gentlemen, yeah. that's us." Just finished uh, the episode about the gate. You mentioned that none of you had seen a spontaneous house party happen when parents go out of town. Yeah, I've seen this phenomenon happen exactly once to my younger brother. He was in high school. I was in college and the folks left for the weekend. I get home late from work and there are cars up and down our street and high school kids everywhere. Next day I asked him and he said it was originally supposed to be about five people at most. But someone told someone who told someone and then told someone else. And it ended up being about eighty. Keep on sacking, Gosh. Mike. Yeah, I mm, as a parent, as a parent, yeah. I'd be freaking pissed. But the, yeah. that, and see, that's the question: Did they come home? Did you clean it all up? Did you? Did they even know that? And he doesn't say that here. I would love right, a follow right. up on that because if they knew, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. If they mm-hmm. didn't know, probably not. I bet not. I bet not. I bet it's come up since, like as they've grown up. You know, you go to a Thanksgiving, yeah. go, "Oh, Dad, you have no idea that one time." You remember we... that time? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> they don't care then. What do you care then? It's just a joke. Mm-hmm. Let me let me tell you something, young people. It's very exciting when you get into your twenties and you can share all the crap you did with your parents yeah. that you got away with. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, you find out they knew the whole time. Yeah, oh, of course they did. <laughs> I feel like You're I not have as smart as you thought you were. Right. I feel like I have more of this against my kids than they do against me because I have this. So, for example, we had a cat. And he was trouble, just a trouble cat. And we we told the kids, we told the kids, which was true, that we found a home for him. That was absolutely true. And that we were going to take him to this place that had more cats. They were going to take better care of him. We just didn't have time. It was too much of a mess to take care of this cat. So they were sad, but they understood and they were happy that it would have a new home. And again, all true up to this point. Put it in the car, Uh driving down the roads, July, my windows are down, not really thinking. And I'm looking through the rearview mirror and the cat is in this strange position in the back of the seat. And I'd watch it almost like in slow motion, launch itself out of the car, through the window and into the bushes on the side of the road. And there was no way I was going to get it. We were doing 50 down this street. He just let, he just shot out of the car and left. I went oh, home no. and I went home and I told the kids, well, that's it. We've dropped him off. Everything will be fine. And <laughs> went. It went it went fine. Yeah. No one asked any questions. I had to call the family we were going to and tell them what happened and they understood. 
Um, I said, if the cat ever shows up again, we'll, you know, we'll bring him over to you or whatever. And they, <laughs> and they understood. Because they come back. You yeah. Know, that's what I hear. Well, and, and, and I actually kind of thought he would, but this was miles from the house. So I was sure, you know, I was thinking we'll never see this cat again. True, uh, true enough, I was right. But the kids to this day still think he ended up in some loving home. But really what he oh, did is so, he. And you've never come clean this whole time? No. I should. What if they hear this show? Oh, they may, uh, they, they may don't hear listen. It. It's okay if they do at this point. They'll laugh. At okay. They'll laugh or punch me in the arm or something. It's fine. It'll yeah. be fine. Oh, oh father, that's... punch. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, and I'm sure they've got some stuff on me. I just don't know what it is yet. So yeah. time will tell. Uh, anyway, thank you for that email, Mike. We appreciate it. The email address is filmsack at gmail.com. You're encouraged to do that as often as you'd like, people. Just send us your emails. We'd love to read them here. It's all good in the hood. You can also leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462 and visit filmsack.com for all your Filmsack needs. If you like us on the social, you can find us at Filmsack. And since it's the 10-year anniversary, let's talk about everybody. You can get Randy at Randy Deluxe. You can get Brian Ibbett over there at Coverville. You get at Mr. Oh, no, sorry, at the Brian Dunaway. I almost did Scott Fletcher. Mm-hmm. May as well say that. You get Scott Fletcher at Mr. Scott Fletcher or Mrs. Cot Fletcher. Depends on right. how you look should, at it. We should we should mention Daryl too, the Trek nerd. Oh yeah, the Trek nerd. He's a, the yeah. Trek nerd. How easy is that to remember? And I'm at Scott Whew. Johnson. Yeah, look at that. Social media, everybody, catch it. All right, <laughs> catch it. It's hot. It's hot. It's really hot right now. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for watching. For Brian, for Brian, no, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Film set. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I guess that was weird. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.